Ah, Wonderlick. I'm a 60-year-old woman with nothing obvious in common with a pro football player. My 40-yard dash could be timed with a clogged hourglass. My bench press might not exceed a full load of laundry. And most embarrassingly, I throw like a girl. But today I have found some common ground. Like all the other aspirants at the National Football League Combine, I'm taking the Wonderlick test, a 12-minute, 50-question cognitive ability test. From the neck down, I'm clearly not a football player. But could I qualify from the neck up? Every February, the National Football League invites draft-eligible players to participate in the Combine, created to provide a standard pre-draft assessment. Over several days, each player undergoes a medical exam and is meticulously measured. Height, weight, strength, vertical and broad jump, bench press, and various measures of girth. This year's top quarterback prospect is Marcus Mariota. The Combine has reported that his hand is exactly 9 and 7 eighths inches long. The players are then put through various tests of speed and agility, such as a 40-yard dash, a decent score is less than 5 seconds, ability to zigzag through closely spaced cones, presumably without stumbling, or the ability to catch quick-fire passes from different directions. All of the players are outfitted in skin-tight spandex that showcase their impressive physiques. Carefully sculpted Popeye arms, legs as sturdy as tree trunks, and a six-pack of quivering abs. In contrast, my six-pack is carefully swaddled beneath protective mid-torso layers, and I aged out of spandex before it was even invented. Thank goodness the Wonderlick test can provide common ground. Tom Landry, the legendary coach of the Dallas Cowboys, introduced the Wonderlick test in the 1970s as a simple way to assess a player's intelligence on the presumption that a team should not invest millions based on physical attributes alone. He concluded that surely playing football is more than a game of brute force and that the Cowboys did not want to be saddled with a million-dollar body and a dime brain. Of course, Landry had access to players' high school and academic records, including the standardized SAT tests, but understandably he felt a need to fact-check these potentially bogus stats. How Landry chose the Wonderlick test is not recorded, though perhaps he was impressed that the U.S. Armed Forces has used the test to identify candidates for flight school. Each correct answer is awarded one point, so that 50 represents a perfect score. Above 20 is considered average. Although the NFL states that the results are proprietary, inevitably some of the scores leak out, perhaps by agents who are eager to bolster their clients' status and undermine those of competitors. The quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, a seventh-round draft pick, scored a very impressive 47. Only one player, a punter named Pat McAnally, has ever scored a perfect 50. In a curious validation of the test's validity, it turns out that both players went to Harvard. McAnally commented that his perfect score probably hurt more than helped, since coaches didn't want a player in their midst who was smarter than they were. Such is the stigma of perfection. In 2012, the top cornerback prospect Morris Claiborne arrived at the Combine pumped and ready to go. His body a freakish paragon of fitness, his 40-yard dash time an impressive 4.5 seconds. But then he was faced with the wonderlick. He commented, I came to the Combine for football. I looked at the test and wasn't any questions about football. 
I didn't see no point in it. I'm not in school anymore. I imagine that Claiborne, like many other prospective rookies, knew they were finally on the threshold of realized dreams. They had trained relentlessly, managed to have a clean rap sheet, took the vow of poverty as they entered college, and endured the sham of the student-athlete while their alma mater made millions on football. Now a 12-minute test, quizzing them on such things as the price of four boxes of pencils, was the final humiliation. I'm with Claiborne. Screw it comes to mind. And that's exactly what he did, scoring a record low of four on his wonderlick. Clearly, his shimmering physique trumped any concerns about his intelligence. He was picked sixth overall in the draft by the Dallas Cowboys. Agents for more marginal players probably take their clients aside for a little prep work. Like the SAT, the Wonderlick test claims that you cannot prep for the test since the questions change every year. However, just like the SAT, Amazon sells an array of prep books that promise soaring scores or your money back. I decided to go into the test cold and found a sample test on the internet. On your mark, get set, go. At the top of the screen there was a stopwatch and I immediately felt kinship with James Bond racing to disarm a life as we know it death bomb. I was as confident as 007, sure that with 11 years of postgraduate education I could crush the wonderlick. Each answer carries the same weight, so I immediately knew that I should make sure to answer all the easy questions and leave the harder ones for the end. This is easy to do in the SAT test because the questions always get harder as you progress. However, my sample wonderlick had no particular order and the test did not allow me to skip around. This fiendish format defeated any sophisticated time management strategy, arguably an important football asset during a game-winning drive. Yes, the test did have some simple questions, such as distinguishing between emphasis and emphasize, but some were so simple that I wasted valuable time trying to figure out the hidden agenda. For example, what is the largest number, 5, 35, or 400, was one of the questions. I thought there must be a trick, but if there was, I fell for it and penciled in 400. There are some questions that clearly required more than the allotted 14.4 seconds per question. There was a math problem about a class with twice as many girls as boys, and the overall class average on the test was 70, but the girls' average was 80, so what was the boys' average? Another asked me to pick out the one word that did not belong in the group of others. Simple enough in concept, except the answer involved the enduring conundrum of whether a tomato is properly classified as a vegetable or a fruit. A couple of questions asked me to pick out two proverbs with similar meanings, and I anticipated well-known sayings such as, Waste not, want not, or the early bird gets the worm. Instead, I was presented with the very obscure, Mother's darlings make but milksop heroes, whose meaning is apparently similar to, As the twig is bent, so the tree is inclined. The answer options did not include, Fuck this. One question asked me to arrange four words into a true statement. This created a moral dilemma for me, and probably for the twenty-somethings finally on the verge of cashing in on all their hard work. The two possibilities were better fortunate than rich, or better rich than fortunate. The seconds were ticking away, and I realized with horror that I was not going to be able to finish the wonderlick. 
my dreams of a glorious, ego-validating, perfect score were dashed. I was now in pure damage control, just guessing when the answer was not obvious. As time expired and the screen went dead, I slumped into my chair, limp and defeated. As a matter of personal dignity, I'm going to keep my score confidential, and only divulge that I'm very simpatico with the elite quarterbacks Peyton Manning and Cam Newton. However, according to Wonderlick, along with Cam and Peyton, my score places me somewhere between the average scores of a train conductor and a firefighter. I rethought my vow to take the Wonderlick cold and reposition my initial attempt as a practice run. My new strategy was to wisely abandon the quest to be perfect and skip questions that took more than the allotted 14.4 seconds. I'd just make a wild-ass guess, get through the damn test, and ensure that at the very least I answered all the easy questions. Ready, set, go. Yes, I improved my score, and now I'm in the lofty range of the Dallas Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman. But I think with even more practice, I could improve on the time management skills demanded by the accursed Wonderlick. However, I remain in sync with Morris Claiborne's initial observations. What the hell does the Wonderlick have to do with football? Academicians have tried to answer this question. Even though they admit that assessing the performance of an individual in a team sport as complex as, as football is fraught with error, their studies have generally reported the same thing. The test is not predictive of football performance. The Wonderlick is in good company with the SAT test, which has also been shown to be, at best, poorly predictive of college performance. One academic article, complete with impenetrable tables and graphs with crisscrossing slopes, even concluded that among defensive backs, a lower Wonderlick actually predicts better performance. I'm sure I could answer all the questions in an untimed test, so I'm presuming that the Wonderlick is supposed to simulate the quick thinking skills required in an actual football game. Yes, I did feel the pressure of the ticking clock of the Wonderlick, but I can't imagine that this replicates the game time anxiety of becoming a human target the moment the ball is snapped. The only personal analogy I can come up with is giving birth. I was meticulously coached in Lamaze training, but as the blessed event approached and I was splayed out and vulnerable in the stirrups, every carefully orchestrated huff and puff quickly evaporated. I threw the Lamaze playbook away and even banished my patient and loving coach to a timeout corner. Then I let out an anguished scream. This is just one woman's perspective, but I posit that the anxiety and fear of a fetus bearing down from within would not be that dissimilar to a 300-pound lineman bearing down from without. To stay with a game plan at that critical moment, or even realize that you might need to alter your game plan, is a testament to courage and commitment to long-term goals. If I was in charge of the NFL, I would offer this advice. If you truly want to objectively assess intelligence as part of your draft assessment process, spend more than 12 minutes. Consider, perhaps, some pattern recognition exercises. I've spent many hours watching football, and you'd think I would have picked up on some of the patterns, but I'm always impressed when the color commentator spots that the quarterback has picked up the blitz, or that the defense has shifted to a 4-3 configuration. 
I would quickly disqualify myself on this type of pattern recognition. Then I'd consult with the armed services to see what type of psychological testing they'd do to determine whether army rangers can stay true to the mission in the face of personal danger. Some sort of situational judgment test that assesses the combination of intestinal fortitude and improvisation. Now you might have some useful information. My alternative advice to the NFL would be to junk the Wonderlick and admit the futility in quantifying something as subtle and multifaceted as intelligence. How can you possibly come up with a number that reflects how humans make very complex real-time decisions? My friend Martha notes that she spent more time deciding whether to buy a pair of shoes than whether or not to get married. The shoes had a limited number of variables and was doable. Marriage was just way too complicated. And I think she's right. When a decision involves so many intangibles, and the stakes are to have and to hold for richer or poorer, or $60 million rookie contract for six years, well, sometimes you just have to go with your gut, hope for the best, and be prepared to cut your losses if your choice bombs out.